0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present and the Aboriginal Elders of other communities who may be listening today.
3: Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in
4: LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. You can follow us
1: on Instagram at Revolting Pod or join our Facebook group at The Gays Revolting.
3: Hey everyone hey. Another week in the studio We're down, a member. we don't have Tom He's off doing something more important, probably <laughs> <pay. laughs> Must have. Um, but we are joined by the How to Identify as Queer Starter Pack Mikey Oh, <laughs> thank you He piercings, he's got the part-time Young. drag oh, no. <laughs> And also the honorary winner of the I Promise I'm Not Racist Award oh. It's Kyle <laughs> What? <laughs> no. Okay I don't know I'm just on a wipe Person five this week, and um, filling in for Tom, we are actually joined by Adolfo Adan Juez. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. That's a bit of Pilipina pride coming through there. Hey. Um, who's filling in this week? So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. How's it going, Adolfo? <laughs> nice Aww. to have you. Yeah, oh, okay. welcome. Yeah,
5: welcome. Be, it's it's really nice being here. We um, I don't know if your listeners know where you are, but we have to walk through oh, some very very yes. mask paraphernalia yes. here. Yes. <laughs> I felt yeah. very attacked. Actually, the <laughs> mic is very close to my face, so I feel, like, doubly attacked. Okay. Oh, oh. great. For those that don't know,
1: we record in a, a like scooter a workshop. repair workshop, yeah. and then they've got the studio inside. It's ben like started.
4: the room of requirements. <laughs> I went to the bathroom, and it's yeah. very, very... It's um, very confronting. It has a musk. Yeah, oh. it does, it's, it's, it. it's very much, like, kind of envelops you. It's got
5: it, character. Okay. I mean, I'm turned on. Like, sorry, just to clarify. But, like, it's an amazing it's,
4: studio. Um, so, Adolfo, you're a Melbourne-based queer writer, editor, public speaker, and also a dancer. I think we're going to find it super difficult to keep the episode under an hour for discussing all your achievements. I mean, I woke (laughs) up today and my biggest achievement was feeding my cat. Um, (laughs) Why are you so overachieving and making the rest of us look bad?
5: No, no, I'm not, I'm not like trying to make (laughs) anyone feel bad. I think the short answer is that I'm just doing the things that I love. That's good. But I just like love a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Mm. the actual like dark response to that question, yeah, is that I didn't really have any friends as a baby. And I was my parents like, Trophy. Mm-hmm. My psych and I talk about this a lot, um, and it's that I associate achievement with affection. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah. this is like really, really heavy. Yeah. For, like, wow, we best, got like, in. In two we minutes of your podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so, I think yeah, I formed my sense of self okay. based on my achievements. Like for context, yeah. so you know, we were talking about like where we are in the yes. space, like right now. My childhood bedroom mm. obviously has four walls. Mm. Three of those walls were all filled up with like framed like awards and medals and certificates mm, and stuff. That. Oh, that was just like that was my crazy. childhood. So the yeah. fact that they had that many yeah. to literally like fill up the walls. Wow. Kind yeah. of highlights for you like why I am this <laughs> abnormal human like, yeah. right now. Humble brag. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no oh, I am right. all about the brag. Yeah. Like not even humble. Like, yeah, like, no, that's <laughs> great. Isn't it? <laughs> I used to just stick my
3: boogers on the wall
5: as a Ew. Kid. That <laughs> is my why no, 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 no. I used to just like them. <laughs> like, still do
4: that. We have <laughs> to ask <laughs> you to stop.
1: So let's start with your film background. You're currently the editor of Metro, Australia's oldest film and media magazine. So tell us a little bit about the role that you do there and what sort of draws you to writing about cinema
5: okay so just a bit of backstory on yeah. um, Metro I guess Metro has been running since 1963 Fine. so it's hella old wow. it's like older than me yeah. it's like almost as old, old as my mum wow. yeah, yeah. Tom it's wow no <laughs> <laughs> no who I is this mysterious? To it. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the 200th issue of that mm. magazine is coming out wow. actually in in about a week's Amazing. time from when this aired which is pretty great, yeah, great. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that was hellish to put together not because of the job itself but because I decided to put a bunch of extra material into that special mm-hmm. commemorative edition. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I stupidly didn't expand the production schedule, which mm-hmm. meant I was working to like a normal issues oh, length no. but doing like a okay. bunch of stuff. Anyway, but it's amazing doing that 200th issue. And so you probably gathered from that. My role there is both um, curatorial mm-hmm. and, and copy editing combined. Um, so I just, I'm the head honcho, like cool. really. I'm like a nicer um, Meryl Streep. Yeah, love her. Double-wears Double-wears Prada. Double <laughs> <as> Prada. <laughs> great um, I mean, like don't get me wrong, I'm very like cutthroat and like outcome focused Mm -hmm. as well but i get things done um anyway (laughs) so what what do i love about film like film is great i think my love for film really stems from the fact that it's the first truly immersive art form Mm -hmm. that's facilitated by technology um you know like obviously you can get a similar kind of feeling from listening to music or you know going to see a play or whatever but you know, having all of your senses like activated at the one time mm-hmm. never really happened before cinema. And even just like from, from the history of it, like if you think of the first time, you know, one of the first times a film was publicly screened, the Lumia brothers, the arrival of a train, like people were freaked out that the train yeah. was actually coming yeah. at them. Uh, like that's amazing. Sorting. But like, yeah. right. But that, that emphasizes the way, yeah. Like when we enter that like sacred space of the cinema, yeah. um, or even the sacred space of your lounge room, like with mm-hmm. the lights off, not um, that sacred. <laughs> 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 lights dimmed, <laughs> sexual and non-sexual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, And Mm so coupled with that love of like film itself, I think writing about film is really powerful because you can really kind of pull your reader into to that specific form. Mm -hmm. And film criticism itself is is a very kind of unique, uniquely positioned way of writing because you're not just, you know, arguing for a point. You're not just telling a story. It's kind of like both.
3: Yeah, and it's so personal as well. It's like films mean a lot of different things to different people, Mm. like the B-movie, for example. Mm. It's just a incredible example example of filmmaking. But to write about film is quite difficult because you either have to go one way where you're purely technical Mm. and looking at like the construction of this film is quite poor or going the complete opposite direction and saying... Emotionally, this impacted and resonated with me because of my own experiences. Mm. And that's why I think it's a great film. And then there's the weirdos in between, the <laughs> Lars von Trias and things that kind of do a little bit of both that you're like, mm-hmm. it's kind of technically shit, but <laughs> there's something a about lot. it. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like, it boggles my mind to write about film. Also, speaking of magazines, mm. you're also editor in chief of Archer. A couple of my friends yeah. have actually written and submitted articles for it. It's probably the most inclusive sexuality-wise and gender publication that I've seen in like a mainstream sense. Like we yeah. have it at reception at our practice, for example. That has kind of crossed over. Could you tell us a little bit of how you came into that role and what is important to you that Archer represents and the queer content that it sort of provides us? I really like this narrative about,
5: or this anecdote about it having crossed over and it's, it's in your reception of your workplace because that's kind of the point that we really wanted to to do with that magazine yeah. um, is to kind of reach out to people beyond, you know, our own communities. Like, obviously, it's good to hmm. produce something that people from your own community will pick up and, and feel, you know, enlightened by or happy about. But to really reach out and bridge that gap between, yeah. you know, our communities and the kind of wider population is really important to us. Um, I was thinking about this the other day and it kind of, resonates with this this question that you're asking there's nothing more effective at changing someone's like heart and mind than a good story mm-hmm. and archer is all about the personal essay and you know creative mm. storytelling rather than you know argument or you know theory and of course there's like a time and place for for theory i'm a massive nerd obviously as we've established <laughs> by this point and in other places i write precisely like that but there's a very specific kind of bravery and empathy that you build when you write a personal essay yeah like to clarify i only work on the print magazine mm. um the online kind of counterpart is a more eclectic in what it publishes, but the print magazine is very, very much like high creative nonfiction. And there's always heavy-handed stuff interspersed in the personal narratives, but everything is hinged on or anchored on someone's personal experiences and using that experience as a lens, you know, from which you can broaden out and broach a yeah. bigger, heavier, scarier, sadder issue. So my role there is very similar to to Metro's. I commission, I, I work with authors. i much more involved than, than Metro in the sense that they're not always... Professional writers, Mm -hmm. or they're not even Mm -hmm. aspiring writers, they're just people with a really interesting perspective to offer. And so we guide them through that process of working with an idea, how to tell the story, who exactly is your audience, like who are you telling this Mm -hmm. to? Mm -hmm. If they get a bit too specific, we make it more accessible, etc.
3: Yeah, it's a great publication because there is a lot of talk about print dying. Yeah, And the pushback from that is you do pick up a lot of these magazines and it feels like a 40-page advertisement that you've picked up Arch is really great because it does just feel like curated content. Yeah. It's actually something you could go and buy and put on your coffee table and not be upsold bikinis yeah. <laughs> or, you know, the, like, We do I have bikini bikinis. content on, <laughs> on mean... occasion <laughs> just, just putting it out there But yeah, it's really great So I, I really appreciate the work that you do Thank you, thanks to your work oh. for buying a copy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well you should say, it's so funny because I work in a psych practice and the audience that we have at a psych practice isn't limited to a certain demographic Yeah, It's mm. not like we're just getting Northside queer people coming mm. in, we mm-hmm. have 60 years year olds Mm. that are transitioning into their like post-career life coming in and then like 14 year olds who are struggling with school stress so having a certain selection of publications there that it's a tightrope balance of what is suitable but also what do you want to open up people to but it's always funny when you see like a 60 year old man that's coming in kind you know, know and like, like wow. pick it up yeah, yeah. we have some we have, we have some nudity inside in <laughs> <of laughs> <like> Thank <places>. goodness <laughs> and just the, the abject fear of like oh I've committed to picking up this yeah. magazine I've <laughs> opened it, right it's not <laughs> it's not it's like me. going through Twitter on
5: public
4: transport <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah but <laughs> fuck the thing yeah. is like once you've uh, started reading someone's story like yeah. it's kind of really
5: hard to put it down like once you're halfway through you know maybe you feel a little bit confronted a little bit uneasy but you have to know what happens that's it so yeah. it's, just like it's like That's a fairy great. tale That's what yeah. <laughs> Do they get saved or whatever um, yeah.
4: You've also got a memoir piece coming out in August For the Growing Up Queer in Australia anthology You detail you moved here from the Philippines As an international student when you were 15 Funny, um, I also moved to Australia when I was 15 um, <laughs> Welcome could you give to us us a- Australia <laughs> <laughs> Could you give us any sneak peeks of your piece Or even um, your experience uh, moving to Australia as a teen
5: Yeah, so the piece is called Coming Out, Coming Home. Yeah. Um, And I guess if you kind of infer from that, the piece is kind of weaving my process of like establishing myself here, finding my feet Mm -hmm. with that process of coming out or embracing Mm -hmm. my. Sexuality and gender identity—it's yeah. kind of the the more human half, or kind of complement to um, an essay that I have published already in *Mianjin*. Okay, um, the cover essay mm-hmm. is is my essay on queerness or queering, heavily theoretical that one. But they broach the same idea, which is that when you're struggling with your sense of self, you are ultimately finding, like, a home in, in that kind of designation or, you know, okay. the way that society sees you. You know, there are pitfalls in the way we, we discuss notions of identity and also, like, the the transition from one culture to another. Yeah, Because when you think about yeah. these things, they're really, really, like, rooted in the language and the culture that yeah, you're, you're arguing from. And... Notions of sexuality, in particular, are very different mm-hmm. in in the Philippines than they are in in Australia yeah. or in English speaking countries mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. There's this term which is what would be designated to me is bakla, mm. and it's quite difficult to translate in English because there isn't like a direct kind of counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of like studies and and you know like people have done their PhDs on this, but. Depending on context and who you're talking to Mm -hmm. and who you're looking at and talking about, it can span anything from what we in the West would call a trans woman Mm -hmm. to just, like, a cis gay male. Yeah. And it just means any of those things. And so that kind of... That's interwoven with my coming to terms with what it means to be queer Mm -hmm. in Australia. Moving here at 15 was very hard. It wasn't my decision. It was my parents' decision. In brief, like TLDR, they basically... Wanted me to leave Manila? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They were just like, there's no future for you here. You're Mm. a waste... Because you... Trophy Child. Yeah, um, okay. So we should, <laughs> we like, to get you kick you off to, <laughs> yeah. to, you know, a Western country. So I'm one okay. of those, like, dirty economic migrants. Yeah. I, am, I literally was not escaping any hardship. I, oh, I yeah. was one of those people who <laughs> have stolen your jobs. So, <laughs> like, you know, whatever. My <laughs> Filipino <laughs> family would fight you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm <laughs> I mean, sorry. What, for we the were... jobs? <laughs> or for, like... Uh... <laughs> yeah, so they, they paraded me through, like, a bunch of American cities to begin with. So we tried, like, <laughs> okay. the West Coast. Yeah. Um, and then we went to the East Coast. Yeah. and none of those like, felt like home and then we went to Sydney, ew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, ah, nothing oh. <laughs> <laughs> happened. Sorry. Not biased at all. Oh, my God.
3: I love it. <laughs> we don't have a live show coming up in Sydney. So oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> <We> I'm love, <laughs> right there. We we love not We love our permanent... Sydney
4: listeners. Don't listen to Adolfo.
5: <laughs> I'm not a permanent host. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Y'all can send me hate mail. Um, yeah, it just didn't feel right. Like, I'm yeah. sure there's there's stuff for, for other people in Sydney. but it, 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 I didn't I didn't feel it's connected to, them. to it. Yeah, to for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we went to Melbourne because... My sister was getting married. She was already here for her masters. Okay, and I was just like, "Hey, why is this not on the list? Like, He's <laughs> yeah. separating me from my sister. Yeah. Also, like, stupid. Like, of course that should have been on the list because yeah. she was here. Yeah. So it was nice of them to like give me the chance yeah. to pick we'll up. place <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least. For sure. But yeah, like, it was kind of hard for me because you know I was I was like literally uprooted and not just in the general sense of like, i mm-hmm. oh, my friends are here. Like <laughs> yeah. I literally had my life like planned yeah. out because of who I am as a, yeah. as a robot. That's you crazy. know, like, like I was I was on track to be the editor-in-chief of the school paper, which, like, sounds really stupid and whatever, but, like, that was important to me. Yeah. You know, I may not have had friends, but I was going to get all the things that I wanted that I worked yeah. really hard for. Like, I don't for. need friends. Yeah, yeah, and they were like, oh, I know you're leaving. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, no, I worked for this yeah. thing, and you're taking it away yeah, from me. And they're like, oh, no, no, you'll, you'll get it again. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, to start from zero mm, totally. is a lot of work when I could just, like, do one extra year, and then I I'm done. Yeah. But yeah, I think coming here was kind of ultimately really good in the sense that I realized there was a whole like non-religious world outside of hyper-Catholic Manila. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Being surrounded by secularism was really helpful. I was given the option of going to a private school or a or a state school and I'm really <laughs> sorry if this sounds really bad but this is who I was back then and that's, let's not shy away from that yeah. I said no I want to try to be among the people so let's, let's <laughs> go to <laughs> the, the people. State oh, I love wow. it it's I so love nice. it you know I was 15 I was yeah. 15 and totally gross I need to be with the people uh. so but no like that was really kind of yeah. like restorative for me to experience life outside of an affluent, like, privileged mm-hmm. bubble. Yeah, it's. A,
3: I, I remember as a kid thinking, this is a whole nother world. I, yeah. I, I was born here, but travelled back and forth between Leyte and Adelaide. And my childhood brain could not figure it out, because I was like, these places cannot be any more different mm. that I don't understand how I can go from one to the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And the religious aspect was huge. I think the line between affluent and poor being so mm. razor thin, yeah. like yeah. permanently moving from one to the other, especially at a formative age like 15. Yeah, That's like mm. a potential mind field of head fucks. I th- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
5: and I mean, like also because it coincided with puberty. So there was puberty, there was confronting secularism or just like Mm. the dwindling of my own faith there was growing attraction to boys who could reciprocate <laughs> yeah to the d um and you know increasing contexts where you would be left alone and you could act on it and i got i, I my first boyfriend was mm-hmm. in high school because i came mm-hmm. out pretty soon oh, after wow. moving here that's a whole other like traumatic story yeah. We'll get <laughs> we'll get there. Episode. um yeah and i feel like it all hinged on that one moment of like moving because mm-hmm. i feel like you know i was i was dabbling mm-hmm. back home yeah. in manila with people but i feel like just the way Upper middle class Manila society is—you couldn't mm. really explore it to the extent that I did here, where mm. you know, relatively, like people w- would have been more accepting of you know t- yeah. teenage boys like locking your bedroom door, mm. yeah, doing their talking. thing, yeah, <laughs> 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 talking. <laughs> talking. <laughs> mm. Well, as
3: along with appearing on R. Uh, Show, Which is probably a highlight for you. Such a (laughs) highlight. It's right up there. (laughs) You've also appeared at numerous festivals and events. Um, Speaking about some of our favorite topics, which is race, queer identity, mental health issues is something we talk about a lot. Um, So I'm excited for you to stick around for the whole episode. To hear your thoughts on <laughs> no pressure. There. Oh my god, I know. I'll Hi- try to like be your, I'm like your hype boy this episode, Ooh. but it's- this leads on a bit from talking about the Philippines. Is we have talked about intersectionality and how being a person of color can also inform how you identify in terms of your sexuality. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely does for myself. Because the status levels are different in Manila, that you can come from being in a relatively high status position over there to you're coming to the land of the white cis gay male. <laughs> How has that impacted your sort of identity?
5: I feel I feel like I have to like have two ways to to approach that. One is you know having those identities intermingle in in the one person is kind of not unique to me you know all of us have matrices of advantage and disadvantage and those things kind of impacts where we sit Mm. in in a kind of societal Mm. context so on the one hand like being I guess you would say burdened or whatever with with these marginalized identities makes me on paper disadvantaged or in some way held back and there was an interview that happened that never got published and one of the questions was can you detail an experience of microaggression, whether it be to do with your race or your sexuality, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I'm like, yo, this is so presumptuous. Mm. I haven't experienced Mm. that thing. And on the one hand, I understand why you're asking me this Mm -hmm. because of, you know, the color of my skin Mm. and the way I present. But on the other hand, I think some of us kind of take it upon ourselves to be very good at code switching and, you know, behaving in certain ways in certain contexts. And so for me specifically, and obviously I do not, speak for for everybody i think this just forms part of who i am like maybe Mm. as a defense mechanism i took it upon myself to know how to navigate these contexts when i moved to this Mm. country so when i moved here there was a lot of self-effacement that i internalized Yeah. yeah 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 and because i was good at you know i don't know memorizing formulas at school i was also very good at memorizing like what a white straight family, you know, a nuclear family would expect of me if I visited their house. Yeah. Hmm. Um like this accent is is the result of that process of trying to assimilate yeah, here. Mm-hmm. This wasn't my accent obviously when I was in Manila. Yeah. It sounded more American but, than this, but when I moved here I was like no, like drop your r, like it's a yeah. non rotic mm-hmm. English like speaking country. Being like, this is how you can pass as like a local yeah. in this context. Mm. There's there's identity on the one hand, which is static and stuff that you kind of are burdened with or yoked with. But on the other hand, there's also like how you perform those identities. That is what my essay in Mianjin hinges on. That idea, that duality between identity and performance or performativity. Mm. Um, yeah. And this is an idea. Like this is an idea that's that's spanned like queer theory and you know race race studies yeah. for like decades. But yeah, you you hold those two together, and and we perform. Our identities in different ways in different contexts you know identity is performative and pragmatic rather than like static and i feel in my case you know maybe i'm just really fortunate and, mm, and privileged no. that i have the capital mm. i have the energy i have the skill set to be able to be a chameleon and, and survive in contexts where you would expect a queer poc to not do necessarily that well totally. um I'm not answering the question. Yeah. Well, it's, such a, it's such a tricky question because yeah, totally.
3: whenever I've been asked a similar thing, it's kind of like saying, can you pull out this little part of who you are as a whole and explain to me what that part feels like, mm-hmm. yeah. but leave out these other things? And that's really difficult to do I can't no one I think can really comment exclusively on just how the colour of their skin yeah. impacts their life as opposed to how their sexuality does or their upbringing for a lot of us all three of those things are one and the same mm-hmm.
1: Luke very very briefly just touched on this before but um we delve into a lot of topics here on the show mental health being one of one of the main topics that we do touch on quite a lot
3: I try to sneak it in Yeah everything. yeah
1: <laughs> and it's jazz, important I mean. <laughs> How do you feel as, like, a queer community that we sort of deal with mental health? And do you feel like there's any way that we could sort of broaden things within our own community and helping others?
5: I think we generally do a good job of talking Mm. about Mm. it. There's a lot of, you know visibility campaigns and, and awareness-raising campaigns and a lot of memes especially mm-hmm. get kind of circulated, especially on things like Are You Okay Day yeah. and yeah. Ida Hobbit. Um, I think those are wonderful in that they remind people that they aren't alone and mm. that there are services that exist that they can access or tap into. I feel that maybe we don't do enough on a kind of person-to-person level. It's easy enough to tell someone, hey, maybe you should get some therapy, but to actually sit down with someone and, like, drive them to um, a GP to get a referral and then to drive them to the therapist or leave help them find a therapist in the first place. Because there are, you know... LGBTQIA plus friendly therapists and having one is so key I think to the success of your therapy from yeah, from my obviously a, small sample yeah, size of yeah, one um, but that. I've tried like non-LGBTQIA plus mm. therapists and they're horrible yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my god yeah. so condescending so yeah I can't stress how important that is yeah. But but then when someone doesn't have the time or the energy to do that when they're in a really bad place. Mm. You know, I feel that they wouldn't really take the time to research who they can go to. Yeah. Some people don't really understand how the the system works in the first place. Like we, we have Medicare that allows you to take six subsidized sessions and then you can get an extra four, yeah, um, four for a total of 10 if, mm. if the GP and or the psych deem that it's necessary. And that's huge, but not many yeah. people know that some people are really resistant to therapy. So I think that's, that's definitely something that we could do better. So I think on the one hand, yeah, awareness campaigns are really good. We're doing a good job Mm -hmm. of that. But then following through is probably where we're possibly falling short.
3: I think it's also to know what is useful to someone that may be struggling with their mental health one of my colleagues is pregnant at the moment and she was complaining to me just yesterday and saying I wish people would stop getting me fucking flowers (laughs) oh they do nothing they do nothing if someone could like give me a voucher for a nanny for a couple nights that would be an amazing gift and I said you know what there's this mindset that this really applies to when our friends are suffering with their mental health as well we tend to give them a pat or like yeah. lend an ear or maybe some chocolates or some flowers or whatever when some of the most useful things you can do is do you need your laundry done yeah do you need groceries done do you yeah. need a lift from here to there these kind of boring mundane yeah. things are actually so useful Makes such a big difference in
1: someone's yeah, day. yeah.
3: and i think we have the knowledge about Seeking help and and that we're not alone. You know, we see these posts, mm. but it's also about the support systems and us knowing like what do our friends and our family members yeah. need. They're not always the people that are going to ask for that as yeah. well. Mm. Sometimes you do need to go actively proactively, it, proactively yeah. and say, "Have you got on top of your chores? What can I chase up for you?" Those kind of things can go a long way with mental health. But I think. The queer community as a whole mm-hmm. is one of the better communities in terms of yep. talking. Mm. Yeah. There is not a more awkward situation in the world than when two people arrive to a psych practice at the same time <laughs> that know each other oh. and don't know that the other person is yeah. also seeing okay. a psych. That can be like death yeah. to some. Yeah. But when I've seen it happen to members of the queer community, it's a party yeah. they yeah. of they're <laughs> like, you go it's like water off a duck's back because yeah. the conversations have it's open have like it's, already yeah. been had. So yeah, I really agree that there's some practicality is potentially the next step. Let's dive into some open-ended queer theory. Yes. Huh? <laughs> Do it. Nice. Well, I was thinking about this the other week, and I always like investigating my position within the LGBTQA plus community yeah. and my prejudices and my views on it. Yeah. Because it's not something any of us are taught. Queer theory and our relationships to the community is something we have to figure out on Ooh, our yeah. own. It can lead to us getting to an age like my mid-30s. Yeah. God damn, that's (laughs) the first time I've said that. And you can investigate and go, oh, I could be wrong about certain things because we just didn't have the resources Mm -hmm. and the information provided to us. But something that I've always found really interesting is the interplay and the relationship that we have as members of the G and the Q Mm -hmm. to the L, B, the I and the T. Now, a lot of people tend to see us as a harmonious movement. Yeah, you're all together. You're (laughs) all friends. And we're all together, but... The reality is there's been some butted heads in it's the like past. Game of Thrones bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and not only have we butted heads in the past, we've also been pitted against each yeah. other in mm-hmm. the past by mm-hmm. outside forces. It sounded like Star Wars. So, I just wanted to open up and talk a bit about the other letters in our acronym, how we relate to them, if we've ever felt any sort of infighting I came from the old school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised on the "Are you being served?" camp. Mm-hmm. You know the worst possible stereotypes <laughs> of lesbian and gay men, where they were always painted as sort of like cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. They don't. Yeah. They don't get totally. along, and yeah. like gay men make jokes about lesbians, and lesbians make yeah. jokes mm-hmm. about gay men. To be honest, it took a really long time to untangle mm-hmm. those wires mm-hmm. as I grew up to realize no, I'm actually allowed to be friends with lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) There isn't anything chemically within me that prevents me from relating to and having a friendship and a relationship Mm -hmm. with a lesbian or Mm -hmm. a transgender person. Mm -hmm. And you have to put aside your preconceived notions, society's sort of stereotypes, Mm. as well as political forces trying to influence you in certain ways. So, Also, a a big part of it too is, you know, we say to be the best G you can be on this show. Mm -hmm. I feel like as a G, a G-quiet, Silent Q. Yeah, we get a, the the biggest slice of the pie sure. yeah. in terms sure. of visibility. Yeah, mm-hmm. that can be a blessing, and it can also be a, a curse. Yes. yeah, and it comes with a certain privilege. Yeah, absolutely. Who likes lesbians? Basically, that's. that's <laughs> your yeah, boy. I think it's so
4: funny because I I have kind of grown up with that. Well, I mean, in my gay career, <laughs> um, of like lesbians versus gay guys, and there's always been so many representations of that in TV, like sitcoms like Will and Grace mm. and things like that. Jack is always going on about lesbians oh, and yeah, so many sure, comedy yeah. shows I've seen yeah. it's always pitting against each other and I've always had that Mentality. I don't have any lesbian friends, and I'm yeah. like, is this the reason why? Yeah, am I stopping myself yeah, from? You're yeah, the product it? of all this. Oh God, <laughs> I'm a monster. No, but I'm. I, I would love to have some. Yeah, that's great. I saw a comedy show recently, and it was a lesbian. And she was referring to gay guys as like they always get deemed as the fun ones, and she was like, what about the lesbians? <laughs> <laughs> what about us? <laughs> but um, I thought that was really funny because it's kind of true. Yeah. Like we're the poster boys, and then, totally. Yeah. And it,
1: that comes down to male privilege at the end of the day as, yeah, well, as well, which is a thing. In the beginning of fighting for equal rights with like LGBTQA plus people sort of needed to be gay men at mm-hmm. the forefront of it because being a man, you mm-hmm. have more privilege than anybody else. Yeah. And yeah. I definitely feel like we've gotten to a point in time now where we've used that privilege in a really, really good way especially through the hiv epidemic as well back in the 80s that now we sort of need to like still use our privilege as men but like i feel like a lot of the time Mm. it's we're being spokespeople for everyone else in the community Mm. and that needs to not be the case anymore Mm -hmm. where we use our privilege to bring everybody else up Mm. and then push them forward (laughs) in front of us
3: yeah i feel like i shouldn't be speaking on behalf of Anyway, (laughs) let alone the other letters. Oh, boy, there's a lot of letters. There's a lot of articles about the LGBT community unifying for trans rights currently, which is something that I think needed to happen because they were Mm -hmm. obviously under a lot of attack from different political parties. But in the past, there has been moments where the L and the G have sold the T a bit short. Oh, yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, In order Mm -hmm. to get certain legislations, things like bathroom policies, Mm -hmm. for example, and it's a huge puzzle to solve. They've had to look at it and go, "How do I get rights for enough people?" Mm -hmm. Like they had to sell some of the letters. Sure, I think we're at a point in time where the tea is getting pushed to the front, and they're such good representations of our community as well. They're strong, Mm -hmm. they're fierce. They have important stories to share as as well. That I think the more that people in positions of power can divert that limelight to say, hey, Mm -hmm. we should be listening to these people, not us anymore. Mm -hmm. Because they've got the stories that people need to hear.
5: Yeah, the utilitarian argument is very much, like, premised on, I guess, palatability, hey? I mean, you talked about male privilege previously, and it is a fact that a cis-mask gay man Mm -hmm. is less threatening to the cishet majority than, yeah. I don't know, like a person like me who's <laughs> no, like no, totally queer way. and like weird and you don't quite know, <laughs> yeah. you know what that person's, like you can't easily designate that person's mm-hmm. gender or sexuality identity. Code switching aside, like it's yeah. still, it's still like considered threatening, right, to be mm-hmm. in any way flamboyant or mm. just like gender bending in general. But yeah, I think the the flip side of approaching things from like utilitarian perspective is that who are you actually leaving behind? Yes. Um And even just thinking from our like small example of the same sex marriage a sensible win that fight was argued for and 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 the war was waged without real recourse to what the impacts would be for trans people yeah. Yeah. um you know that should have been factored into what we were fighting for in the first Absolutely, place yeah. but because it was yeah. easier to just pick one battle yeah. you know mm-hmm. for the people who were the most palatable then we went on that road first. Yeah. Yeah. Disregarding mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. yeah.
3: You know, I don't think there's any ill will um, no, no. Mm-hmm. in these decisions. Although I did read an article about a conference between some heads of LGBT corporations in mm-hmm. America where they basically said white cis gay men are no longer discriminated against. So yeah. we need to focus on the yeah. other members. I, and I don't think that's a hundred percent correct. Yeah. Um I think we've talked about it before on the show a little bit is the addition of the Q Mm. and the identity of Q because when talking about the letters in our rainbow the one thing I kind of always go back to is this internalized homophobia that a lot of us have had Mm -hmm. and that I had for many many years because being broadly grouped into a category within an Bunch of other categories as well I kept seeing representations of people That did not represent me Mm -hmm. And that led to a lot of Internalised homophobia Where it's like I don't like this Because if you represent the G that's representing me mm-hmm, too, and that's yeah. not me, and I don't like that yeah. as well. What an awful person to hang out mm-hmm. with. I would have <laughs> I mean, would it's still pretty been. awful. Yeah, I was like, was <laughs> More <laughs> well, palatable <Yeah>. now. <laughs> but the addition of the cue and, and, yeah. and being yeah. able to identify as that, I think, really freed mm-hmm. my brain up to be like, I don't have to conform to this yeah. historical yeah. view of what LGBT. Stands for, I can mm-hmm. have a sexual identity separate from these concepts mm-hmm. and maybe separate from some of that infighting and, yeah. and some of the expected relationships we're meant to have to the other letters. Yeah. I think there's also so much
4: conflict with the B bisexual people, and especially yeah. with gay guys and bi erasure because people saying it doesn't exist oh, it doesn't and exist. it's just on your way to being yeah. to, like it's on your the way to being gay. To being yeah. gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. surely that is the case for a lot of people, but there are a lot of bisexual people, and you can't speak for them. Mm-hmm.
3: I, At first, I thought you were talking about the B movie again. The <laughs> bee- <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you need to let it go. Like. <laughs> your eyes lit up. And you're like, "What? Like, Ooh. <laughs> Pixar is <laughs> <It's> a
4: Pixar <laughs> callback."
3: But um, yeah, so we need to focus on. Uplifting the other letters, mm. absolutely. I've also found by friends of mine, yeah, finding solace in the queer, mm-hmm. yeah, bubble, uh, so bubble oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. For me, queer is like that boat that comes mm-hmm. from to the deserted island, <laughs> yeah, <where> like finally, <laughs> like, oh, oh, God. I can leave yeah. this shit yes. <laughs> behind and actually just have mm-hmm. an identity of my own. So Maybe that solves the problem. problem well, solved. I mean, that's kind of what I talk about in that yeah. Mianjin uh, essay, which everyone spoilers. should, like, <laughs> read. Um,
5: yeah. yeah, that idea that queer is, is kind of emancipatory. Like, mm-hmm. it is. Like, it, it means everything and nothing yeah. um, in yeah. the context of, like, Western sexualities. You can be queer in terms of who you have sex with. You can be queer yeah. in terms of your, aden- your gender identity. You can identify as one thing and then, like, completely change your mind the next day. Yeah. Um. And for me, it's, like, the closest English term for bakla. Totally. Like, for yeah. me, it's just, yeah. like, I... When people ask me my gender, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, well, yeah, I'm queer. And they're like, yeah. yeah, but that's not a gender. And it's like, well, it is because yeah. I don't quite yes. care. Like, I can be a bunch of things. Yeah, um, It's very means, unstable. Yeah, and the, that, totally. that instability is yeah. is what queer is. And that's mm-hmm. what it's been reclaimed from its history, right? That it's just yeah. about weirdness or, like, yeah. not being conventional. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Something that I have noticed within my various groups of friends. I, did, I mean, like, I generally have a lot more female friends and a lot yeah. more, like, queer, mm-hmm. female-identifying mm-hmm. friends than I ever have gay men. From time to time the conversation would sort of go toward being negative to like the cis gay white experience. Yeah. And the fact that a lot of people feel that unfortunately now that we are progressed as a uh, uh, <laughs> progressed as a society that their views sort of no longer really count anymore, yeah. and like they sort of feel like, well, you've represented us long mm-hmm. enough. Cancel what Bye. you're saying now. We're going to <laughs> cancel everything yeah. that you're saying, which is disheartening to a point. Yeah, but I can completely understand where they're coming from. Whereas, like, mm. they had they time in the, the spotlight, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, you've had your time in the spotlight. Yeah. Enough is enough. But at the same time, you can't sort of say that their experience is invalid. Yeah, I mean, it's still part of the community. We should all be commu- supporting each yeah. other yeah. in yeah. that way. I don't think.
4: no at Sorry. Yeah. Well, no. I think. I think. Okay. I think.
5: As yeah. as a as, a, as a, like a very outspoken Q who likes to queer things up. I think the issue is less about the validity of opinion and more mm-hmm. about how limited the platforms yeah. are. Yeah. So because the power dynamic still rests very much on the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So cisgender straight people, and they they retain the positions of power to give us the platform, what they tend to do is they go to the usual suspects. They go to someone who is Mm -hmm. like, who has a demonstrable track record of being... Able to deliver the right message to not be too threatening, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, who Just want ruffle feathers. Amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like they can basically pass us straight, is yeah. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, what happens is that the same people get asked to do the same things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that message then becomes watered down in that way because mm-hmm. they continually get the same platforms that they're not really representative of yeah. the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to invoke a theoretical term here. <laughs> yeah. Um, homonormativity. Oh, okay. So, okay. which is like, I can't remember who the theorist is, but. Yeah, the idea that someone who is like straight adjacent Mm -hmm. gets points from the mainstream, so homonormativity, Mm -hmm. because whether whether for real or not, you're representing the same kind of desires and aspirations as someone who is Mm -hmm. straight. The nuclear family, getting a job, being respectable, having like a white collar job, short hair. Yeah, it's like
4: different, but not too different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So like
5: you, you completely like eradicate the things that are threatening about you. Again, whether you Mm -hmm. choose whether you're choosing to or not is kind of irrelevant. It's about the perception that you Mm. receive from other people, they they tend to correlate with the G. And -hmm. those are the people who get the platforms. Yes. And Mm. that ultimately, like collectively over time, distorts the the message that we're getting out about, you know, the Mm. ongoing plights of people who are, Mm -hmm. let's say trans, um, who are let's say still grappling with the prohibitively high costs of transitioning Mm -hmm. um you know that's something that a g person would never a cisgender g person would never really know about so why would they ever talk about it yeah um and even if they do talk about it going Mm -hmm. back to archer personal story stuff Mm -hmm. it's not going to be like as empathy generating because it's not someone's actual story they're just reporting about it Yeah. Yeah. yeah
4: This episode's going to be airing the day before Mother's Day, yes. so I thought we could all maybe just discuss our mothers a bit talk and talk moms. about how they've impacted our gay ass lives. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I've met your mum. Yeah, 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 she's lovely. Your is so awesome. Yeah, I
1: love my mum so much. She is the most genuine, lovely person in the world, Can and just like from just... like the five minutes that I spent. <laughs> <heard laughs> like, That's enough. Yeah, I, I got drunk all of that. At my yeah. Yeah. no, she's such an incredible, strong woman. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. I know, like, a lot of gay people are just like, my mum's the best, but my mom actually is the <laughs> best. No, no, yeah. she the best. You'll like, fight for sure. <laughs> like, we've been through some really hard shit yeah. in our lives, and she's always managed to muster mm-hmm. up the strength to just pull us all through and, like, get yeah. us where we need to be. Like, mm-hmm. we grew up in bloody poverty, like, in yeah. commission housing, as I've yeah. said before, and, like, there's been times we've been evicted from housing, and it's just so incredible now Mm. as an adult to be able to sit down with her and talk about what our lives were because Mm -hmm. being a child you sort of just like oh this is just how things are and I don't know what actually is like going on yeah Mm. and then actually being able to be like hey you know was times mm-hmm. where like this crap thing happened or this amazing thing happened. Mm. Like what was actually going Something on? Something else was going on. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. what was happening behind yeah. the scenes People. and I feel like our relationship has developed into us being friends rather than mother son yeah. situation where I see her as an actual <laughs> human being now. She she, uh, yes. she, was, yeah. Yeah.
3: she was like quoting the show to me. Yeah. My <laughs> <laughs> mum listens every out. show. Yeah. Yeah. She was like I know you look like, like this wow.
1: is so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's dedication. She's, she's one of yeah. our biggest fans for sure. She yeah. likes everything yeah. on Facebook. my my mom's the biggest fan (laughs) no
4: my mom is actually also a very very big fan of the show she listens to every episode and she always messages me about like all the things we say so it's also why i'm very scared to talk about anything sexual on the show hi mom i love you i'm pure and haven't done anything ever (laughs) that's a lie (laughs) my mom lives in the uk now and she works there and She's done very well to keep a good relationship between us because she messaged me every day on Messenger, yeah. sends me all the funny memes and everything like that. Yeah, we had kind of like a rough patch, I guess, maybe at the end of high school, I guess yeah. when I was kind of finding my identity And she's gotten so good with everything and she's so supportive. She fights homophobes on my Instagram comments. Yes, I've yeah, seen that, those. that story. So um and yeah, she she goes to like gay rallies in England. Like Aww. Yeah, I was I can't believe I was like, my mom. <laughs> she's She's so yeah. beautiful. She's like crazy good at fashion. Yeah. She's not like a regular mom. She's a cool mom. She's a cool oh, mom. mom. She's such yeah, a cool We should so all post good. pictures of our moms on Mother's <laughs> no. I would never. You would it? I
3: <laughs> would never. Oh, uh, just do you in a wig then. <laughs> I would post pictures of JB's mom. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. best friend is like my son. Or like family. your, yeah. Um, do that. Not to rag on mums on yeah. Mother's Day. What a mm-hmm. shit thing to do. Timing. <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> like a very crotchety 70-year-old yeah. yeah. Catholic Filipino lady mm-hmm. who spends like most of her time in tracksuit pants mm-hmm. with her hands down the front of them. Yeah. Like I love her for that. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait. Where? <laughs> where do her hands go? You'll ever see just like get real comfortable. Oh, just like yeah. tucked,
1: like just like tucked in the pubic like, area. Yeah.
3: yeah, wow, that is that is Love not
5: a Filipino because my mom does not do that.
3: I think she picked it up here in Australia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow, it's, so, and it used to embarrass the shit out of me. Yeah. She'd come in while I had mm. JB and my friends around, I'd be like, Mom, get your. Fucking hands <laughs> Out of your vagina <laughs> Jesus Christ Oh
5: Jesus
3: uh, What would Jesus think? Yeah <laughs> But I always think like Both of my parents But to a great extent My mm. my mother was quite Formulative for me uh, In terms of my values I think that's something That harsh Catholicism can instill. Hmm. Got a lot of guilt from that as well, which is great. I carry that around. Oh, great. (laughs) Gift that keeps giving. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think as complicated as family dynamics can be, especially in a Filipino context, that she's still my mum and I wouldn't trade her for anyone else Mm. or any or maybe mikey's mum because it impacts who you are and who you turn out to be and and when you get a bit older those conversations Mm. are lovely to talk to your parents and say yeah i'm the person i am largely in Mm -hmm. fact For the upbringing that I received from you, the good and the bad.
4: Yeah, well, with my mom, we did butt heads. I guess for like a little while, like at the end of my teens, and we would have these big blow-ups, and it was hard because I was going through a stage when I was kind of finding and trying, like myself, and trying to figure out who I was, and also, I guess, in like relation to my brother, like was that his thing? Like, what about me? Like, surely I can't kind of be gay as well? Like, who has two gay children? (laughs) Kind of thing. And there were some hard times growing up with my parents and custody battles and things like that. But looking back, my mom's been so powerful and really good. And she's like raised two kids, basically all on her own. Mm. Actually, I haven't seen my mom in two years now, I think it's yeah. been. I have a holiday booked with her in Italy in September. Cute. So I'm That's super nice. excited to kind of just have that time with her and reconnect and just have some really good conversations as well. Yeah, Like some of the things I want to talk to her about are my current relationship, because I'm I've enter this relationship while my mom has been away you're in a relationship yes (laughs) (laughs) i never talk about it you (laughs) never talk about um and it's it's weird because it's like these two people that i'm so close with and they don't even know each other but even though she's added him on facebook and likes everything he posts (laughs) but um i'm excited to talk to her about him and she is very supportive in that way she's come a long way i remember i don't think i've ever spoken about coming out on the podcast i think you guys did but i kind of have this weird distinct memory of being on msn okay.
6: <laughs> and
4: I, I heard her watching tv in the background and i think it was real housewives no uh, desperate housewives the oh one. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And i think one of the wives has a gay son in the show i never mm. really followed it mm. they had this whole big fight on the show about him being gay and she's like well you never tell me anything i just want to know something about your life are you gay and then I swear to God, five minutes later, I just felt this like presence behind me. Like while I was on the <laughs> computer, I was like, oh God, just like sweating bullets. And I had a, my first boyfriend at the time. I don't know why, but for some reason she thought he was interested in my best friend, a girl at the time. So I just let her believe. I was like, yeah, that's why we're all hanging out together. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And she's like, that guy, he's not Ella's boyfriend, is he? And I was like, "Uh, oh, no. And she's like, is, is he with you? And I was I was really quiet and awkward. She's like, just tell me. No one ever tells me anything. So I kind of just nodded awkwardly. She's like, okay, that's fine. That's all I wanted to know. And then she just went to her bedroom and I could hear her crying. And she called her best friend who had gay children as well. And then I think they just had a really good conversation. And I remember yeah. sitting on the steps outside of my house, outside her bedroom window, kind of just listening. And since then, she's come such a long way. And I'm really, really proud of her and our relationship. And I'm really excited to spend some time with her.
5: <laughs> it's really, like, lovely hearing, like, other people's stories with you know, mm. their relationships with their mothers. Mm. Um, yeah. And obviously they're very, like, they're all quite different. Like, I would like to say that I have a Mikey-level, like, yeah. mum relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily the case. It's fraught. I think we're we're, mm-hmm. we're okay now. I think as is what happens when you're, you know, in your 30s and yeah. your parents kind of, like, ease into the fact that you're definitely your own person yeah. with your own values and stuff. I think my, my relationship with my mum in terms of sexuality was very much less about you know, her finding out and more about her, like, finally being like, okay, cool, this is a thing. Mm -hmm. So my mom, while we were in the Philippines, she's um, ethnically Chinese. So there's a lot of, like, kind of pressure put on the male offspring, especially in Southern Chinese culture. And I think for her, she's the eldest child in her siblings. Even if she's female. But so that meant like a lot of the pressure was on me. And then knowing quite at an early age that I was special. Um mm-hmm. not in the not in the gay sense, in the queer sense. Yeah. I mean in the in the kind of yeah. the academic and like yeah, performancey yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just like, This is like this is the golden child, like literally protect mm-hmm. him and he will be like such a boon for our family. And like passing yeah. on the thing. And then finding out that yeah. I was a little bit like off, in the sense that I wasn't interested in like women, yeah. and I was hanging out with women, but not like hanging out with yeah. women. Yeah, I think yeah. like the, the crystallization of that was very clear for her, like quite early on, being mm-hmm. like, "Oh God, wait, you're yeah. not going to have kids." That mm-hmm. was like that's yeah. that was like the main. That's a for big her. thing. Yeah. For yeah, yeah, yeah. People. Yeah. So you're not going to pass on yes. the stuff. This this amazing yeah. gene, and also, you, love, like no, success. yes, like, yes, like, and then you're not going to bring me a wife. And then the Catholic stuff came in. Yeah, you know, you're not you're going to doing all this sinful stuff. And so, like, she and Dad definitely weren't. O'Shea with that aspect of who I was growing up. I I wouldn't call it gay conversion therapy as such, but there was an attempt to like get some spiritual intervention Mm -hmm. in my my life. And I think that's possibly also why they decided to send me Mm. elsewhere Mm -hmm. in the hope that something would click or like push me back onto the so-called right path or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and so like a lot of my therapy with my psych quite early on in my therapy journey was about confronting the reality that and I had to learn to say this was that I hated my parents like Mm -hmm. for a long time like that was that was a thing that I felt Mm. that I could never never own up to and the point when I finally had the bravery to say to her like I was like bawling I could barely talk and like you know I'm always talking like talking isn't hard for me but that was really hard for me to do and then saying that like there was like I know this sounds like super cliche and fake but like it was real like like, something like unhinged like in my chest I was like like, like, yo like I said that thing that I needed to say Yeah. yeah and then like as my my therapist and I kept going on this kind of analysis of like my inner turmoil. Like we realized that it was because my concept of, you know, we talked about like Mm -hmm. achievement Mm -hmm. earlier on in the show. Yeah. It's that I only really understood like love in a conditional sense Mm -hmm. when really like as a child, what you're meant to feel is like unconditional love. And I never got that from either parent. So we're not talking about dad right now. He's a whole other thing. I love him too now. (laughs) We'll we'll dress our father's (laughs) day. But, um, she was my literal soccer mom or like whatever, like my, my stage mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, early on in my my primary school years, she would be the one coaching me through how to win this like speaking competition or mm-hmm. like how to win this debating mm-hmm. thing yeah she was the one who would like breathe down my neck about practicing piano oh uh, yeah um, for me it was very much like well if I don't impress mom mm-hmm. she's not gonna love me right and then like knowing bam there's this other thing that she definitely can't love because it's apparently inherently wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I just felt all like sorts of kind of like naughtiness. Yeah. 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 I mean she she met that that high school boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And this is the the interesting thing is that I don't think she necessarily was like fighting it actively yeah. but at the same she time kind of she wasn't comfortable with it. The yeah, dark about it, was, it yeah yeah it's that kind of like cold tolerance yeah. of like yeah well you know you're choosing to be sinful that's cool mm, yeah. it's like yeah but is it really yeah. cool like, i don't think it is but yeah like over the years you know i came out at 16 i'm 30 now so it's like 14 years you um, wear them down yeah and this, <laughs> <laughs> look yeah that's that's a really like apt way to put it and it's it's sad that that's also, like, an apt way to put it. But, yeah, yeah I, I feel like that is what's happened, though, is mm-hmm. that, you know, like, part of the worry was that I wouldn't be taken seriously or mm. that people would make fun of me or, like, I would be hurt or bashed or whatever. Yeah. None of those things have happened. And if anything, I feel like me embracing mm-hmm. this aspect of who I am has, like, Improved. launched, yeah. like, my career, like, so much Absolutely, more. Yeah. And I, like, love myself. Like, I can say that now, whereas I never could. Yeah, like, yeah. we went to this, like, animal sanctuary in Phillip Island recently, We've been there before, but there was a new sign on the door where it was like, "Management reserves the right to kick out anybody who exhibits like attention-seeking behavior." Blah blah blah. And Mum was like, "Oh my god, lol. Well, you can't, you, know, you can't be here." And I was just like, I was like, ah, and I just like did this like sexy dance like display yeah. like in front of the management like ah, near the door. She was like, it. "Lol." And I was like, whoa, like, she actually laughed at That's that. That's great. Like, yeah. that is the, like... It's
4: funny how, like, little moments like that can have such a big standout. It's so yeah. stupid. Like,
5: no one else would get it. But, like, yeah. it, it meant so much for me to be... For her to make a joke about my so flamboyance, yeah. like, my is. Totally. Like, I occasionally, yeah. like, attention seek. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> yeah. it's just part of my... Own. But, like, you know, you wouldn't do that if you were, yeah. like, straight. I think it's
3: <laughs> nice when you see your parents let their guards down a, a little bit. Like, yeah. th- the same for me. It took a very long time for my mum to even laugh if i made a joke like jokes are so important to me my whole life is a joke Mm. Um, i just got nothing nothing back from my mum and i knew this material killed i was like that is a good (laughs) bit (laughs) there is is no there is no (laughs) way you cannot laugh at this but it did take roughly the same amount of time like 15 Mm. years or so That my mum now actually writes ha ha in text messages. Yeah. And she's never done that before. But it was nice to see those layers of like Catholic stoicism yeah. kind of letting down over mm-hmm. the years. In terms of my sexuality, I think yeah. I spoke about it yeah. last week. It's a very like American military, don't ask, don't tell. Mm. And we oh, yeah. and we have that mutual respect for each other. I know she's got her life. I ain't about to go tromping in there with a bunch of shit she doesn't like. So I expect her to not do the same to me to yeah. come trumping mm-hmm. over here to Melbourne and slamming down Bibles and whatever, and we coexist quite happily. That said, mm. I was I wasn't the perfect child, and like when I came out to mum and dad. I was off a bender of, like, deciding that I wanted to be a socialist. And, yeah. like, I was just mm. that teenager. Oh, and, like, I'm going to shave my head. And yeah. I'm yeah. really into pottery now. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> deal with it. Those are very budget. different things. <laughs> like, sorry. Well, that, that was, like, my parents' experience. Yeah. They were just like, fuck this kid. Oh, he's gay now? Like, What's the, yeah. <laughs> next? They just had to roll with all of these punches... And it's taken me calming down and getting into my thirties that they've realised. Oh, this one is sticking. This, is sticking. <laughs> this one's sticking. I, I have. I'm not a socialist anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's nice to be on that level with her now.
1: So we've got a little update for y'all, because <laughs> who doesn't love porn? <laughs> My mom is listening <laughs> <laughs> no, So last year it was announced that Tumblr was obviously getting rid of all of their adult content as of December, and then mm. we're just going to go through periodically and be like, nah, this is not okay, and this is
5: yeah. not okay. And Garfield and now it's a- Comics. Y- oh. Garfield what? Comics?
3: Sexy Garfield or
5: just Garfield? Just no, just regular oh.
3: Garfield. The porn filter kept incorrectly oh. picking oh. up pictures of Garfield yeah and bacon. interesting it's like no naked cat none of that <laughs> side <laughs> note there. this wow. is so fascinating it's yeah. true so yeah they've started so getting the rid of all Tumblr's a of... barren wasteland yeah,
1: now. <laughs> I still have my Tumblr account and I check from time to time because like, I've nidini? got like all my saved videos <gasps> and stuff and slowly but surely they're all disappearing I'm like really? no, no! save videos of lolcats yeah <laughs> all of those no <laughs> But yeah, so Verizon, the company that own Tumblr, which is yeah. like a telecom. They're in, like a phone yeah, provider. Yeah, they're a phone provider oh, in the States. So they've announced that they want to sell Tumblr and <laughs> Pornhub. That's have jumped so on it funny. and was like, we want to buy this and we want to return it back to how it was. No shit. Yeah. yeah.
4: Why are they doing that? Like, like strip it down to its bare bones. No one wants it. They're yeah. like, actually, let's sell it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's get rid of this thing because it's the not The one thing that was going well, well, well for you. anymore. You. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Mm. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I just don't. think that they'll be able to take it back to what it was because like a lot of people have moved to different platforms yeah i'm not
4: a big twitter user but when i do go on twitter it's quite scary i'm like oh that's a (laughs) lot
3: yeah i post all my garfield stuff on twitter (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. i i don't like Pornhub. i don't really like the uh... format no, you I get, feel like there's too much to sift through. I get bombarded by weird ads for like oh. sexy CGI games. Yeah, oh. so, like click on tits and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, the filter is never quite right. Like I'm clearly. And do you think
4: the marketing is always wrong? <laughs> it's always exactly. like big-breasted woman. You're yeah, like, well, I well, click well. on the game tab, <laughs> but not the breast
3: tab.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's
3: like yeah. I clearly searched for like double-breeding bareback oh, party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not. <laughs> Clutch the pearls. I want something. I'm mean, a nerd as well. Like, if I'm gonna watch porn, it has to be in HD. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't. Wait. Know are we any... talking about free porn? Yeah. yeah. You can't be
5: that picky with free porn. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, like, I'm just. You have to pay for that shit. Yeah.
3: Well, it's led to me like just. Do you actually... pay for porn? No. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. <so> I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm happy to deal with the trash because <laughs> I'm a cheap
5: bitch. Oh. <laughs> 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 You're gonna pay for shit.
3: Yeah. Well, it's led to me just like not really being interested in porn anymore. Oh, that is sad. Yeah, well...
5: I didn't expect that. (laughs) Well,
3: I I guess, like, clinical depression has part to do with it as well, but mainly it's the pop-up ads and the layout <laughs> also, there's this weird element of like danger mm-hmm. oh. with these streaming sites because you just ah, get the thumbnail, danger. and the amount of times I've been catfished by like uh. clicking on a video and then oh, all of a sudden it's viruses. No, no, no. it's like a fisting video oh, oh. or it's a fetish <laughs> that I'm not into that's yeah. not labeled on it. Oh boy. That you're like, I'm ju- sounding. Ooh. This is an Archer magazine. It's not curated <laughs> <laughs> for no. me. This, this <laughs> sort of selection of streams yeah. for me to look at. Twitter is like porn for millennials as well in that it's uh, like 30 seconds of just like the best bits. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what it is? You go yeah, to those porn like accounts. It's <laughs> like <laughs> if you want to see someone on <laughs> <an> Instagram <laughs> naked, you just go to their Twitter. Just <laughs> yeah. go to their Twitter account and it's like a greatest hits out. What is you
5: this? <laughs> I live on Twitter. Like I am literally on <laughs> Twitter like all the time and I never you're using even using it properly. Have you, got, I...
1: have you got the safety filter on? Oh, no. I
5: don't think like, so. Do you
1: have
4: your parental filter? Like the parental lighting. I've been missing it. Yeah, oh boy. Time.
5: I mean I never use Tumblr either. Yeah. I just I just live on it. I'm really I'm horrified. Oh, yeah. I w- I will fix this okay. uh, on, get on the on the way home. Just, I was, just <laughs> check this out. Do you,
4: any of you guys pay for porn? Or anything? Nah. I was chatting to I think Tom last week and he's telling me about a friend of his that is always complaining, oh, yeah, about, yeah. always yeah. complaining about being poor, and then finds out that he's subscribed to like a lot of like wow. OnlyFans accounts. Oh my god. And then he complains I about know. being poor and then he's it actually subscribed like, to I all know. this porn.
1: yeah. yeah. OnlyFans. That's money. Who pays for OnlyFans porn? OnlyFans are becoming so big.
6: I
5: feel like I should just start. One, it's in it like Let's start. A, yeah. <laughs> let's start on. <laughs> yeah. well, have you seen now apocalypse? The, oh, no, yes. it's like these, it, yes. I, watch I, it I it know. It is so good. It's anyway, good. I will just oh. say that there is a character who has yeah. I don't know if it's it's She's not it's so, like an adjacent. Yeah, but yeah. like adjacent, yes, yeah, similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you're going to do it camming, anyway. Yeah. yeah, and it's like why if you're going to cam, if you're happy to be all like exhibitionist, like by all means like monetize it and then you have mm. to spare cash Make them yeah. coin Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you can pay for your own porn if you want to Like I don't know I will say Luke That mm. there are versions of these streaming sites With the <laughs> thumbnails yeah. Where yeah. you can you see it like moving <laughs> I like oh, those yeah. Ones. Yeah, exactly. So those are my fav ones yeah. So I use xhamster.com okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is like not an advertisement We are not
4: endorsed by xhamster.com <laughs> <We're not
3: laughs> <Wisconsin. laughs> But I'm
5: just saying the, And the filters are pretty good on xhamster yeah. <laughs> But I do like those
3: thumbnails that move when you scroll over it, Because it reminds me of the paintings in Harry Potter <laughs> sort of just, like, Is that Elvis lie. Dumbledore? No, it's yeah. a giant dick. <laughs>
1: That is a wrap once again, guys. Good to see you all again this <laughs> <Yeah>. week. <laughs> it's been alright. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Mike. Oh, you're Sorry. so welcome. No, all good. Uh, thank you so much, Adolfo, for coming and joining us yeah. this episode. It was lovely. It's been really, really nice. Um, mm. If people want to find you online, where can they Well, you? Not, on <laughs> not on Tumblr. Not on Tumblr. And a
5: totally G-rated. No, it's probably like MA15+. plus. Twitter, Twitter yeah. and Instagram, um, I'm on at Adolfo underscore AE. Or if you Google Adolfo... Melbourne. I feel like I'm probably uh, the only person that comes okay, up. yeah. You yeah. also have a website. You can go to oh, com. Nice. <laughs> I'm online. Okay. Awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm online. I'm online. I'm around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, lol. No, thank you so yeah. much for being here. It was a blast.
4: Thanks for classing um, up the episode. Yeah, classing <laughs> up. <laughs> <have> one in <laughs> a nice in the mix. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> fun. <laughs> Uh, don't forget to follow us on our socials on Facebook and
3: Instagram at Gay's Pod. We also have some very exciting news coming up that we're going to announce. So stay tuned on our socials about a second live show here in mm-hmm. Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. The first one was lit. Yes, it was. Um, yes. And you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. It's sold, it. out, it's, it's sold yeah, the out, actually. it sold out. So it's one of those things you actually yes. have to buy tickets to. Yeah. Boy, you miss out! So. Oh yes, <laughs> miss out yeah. all, on all of this. <laughs> <On> this. <laughs> Thanks again, Bye. yo! We'll see you. See you all next week. Yeah, happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day, look, Bye. 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 Bye.